discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang, joined by Yu Shun and Josh. Coming up on the second half of the show, we're diving into a fascinating shift in the Chinese New Year celebrations, the rise of the young generation as the new masters of ceremonies. Gong are the days when the festive season was just about traditional rituals and elder-led customs. Now young people are stepping up, infusing the new year with a blend of modern flair and traditional essence. How are they planning to give the New Year celebrations a fresh, exciting twist? And what does this mean for the intergenerational family dynamics? Stay tuned as we explore this vibrant transformation of one of China's most beloved festivals. And it is the time for Roundtable's Happy Place segment, where we each share something that has made us happy this week. Hope it will inspire you to find what truly puts a smile on your face as well. Now on Roundtable. As 2024's Chinese New Year approaches, a new trend is emerging, driven by the younger generation, with a keen focus on individuality and social media influence, as well as the old tradition's real essence. Young people are redefining the celebration of this age-old festival. The rise in social media discussions and the evolving consumer trends reflect a significant shift from traditional observation to a more personalized and somehow. How digital celebration? So we are witnessing this change of attitude of younger generation in the first place when it comes to celebrating traditional holidays. Their let's say preferences and attitudes are changing. So what are some of these changes?、Hmm. So first of all,、um, during the Chinese New Year. What Chinese people value the most is, I think, the concept of family reunion. Right? Although this reunion brings joy, it also involves some traditional customs. And some young people may think it is a little bit old, and they may also encounter、uh, some of the inquiries from relatives about their maybe marriage or career or income. And these make young people, you know, hesitate to go home and for for this reunion. However, it seems that young people nowadays have more options for activities、um, on the social media and lifestyle sharing platform Xiaohongshu. The total number of searches related to the Chinese New Year or festive atmosphere or New Year goods exceeded 500 million times in just 2023. For example, activities like Taking a city walk with your parents,、Aww. or preparing a New Year's Eve feast on their own, but using pre-cooked meals—that's <laughs> not preparing by your own. It's just you know buying food. Well, it's still preparing, but、um, yeah. Also, another I think newly emerged custom: collecting full characters, which、um. means happiness and fortune to exchange for red packets are. Also becoming popular alternatives for the younger generation.、Mm, so, Josh, I was wondering,、um, because there are a lot of traditional festivals in the Western world, and specifically in the UK. I think if I have to, I would compare the Chinese New Year to the、uh, Christmas because it's also about family reunion, getting back to friends and family from your childhood sometimes. And what's young people's Let's say perception of Christmas 
do they enjoy this holiday very much with their families or are they a little bit of you know in the mood of changing it well i think that much like china globalization and technology has certainly had an influence on these holidays and i think that in the digital age technology just plays a big role in how everybody celebrates anything you know and so some of the more traditional values and um, traditional activities that people have for a long time celebrated at christmas have slightly changed because of technology but i still think that it is a really important time of year for younger generations in the uk for example also in the us anywhere that celebrates christmas to be honest because although things change i think that having this time period in the year to take a break is something that every human looks forward to and i think one difference with christmas is that for a lot of people in my own country anyway this is really the only time of year the only day really that everybody is going to celebrate aside from maybe new year's eve or something like that and even a lot of work companies these days bear in mind that new year's eve and christmas day are only six days apart right it's mm. it's within the same week but a lot of people that uh, work these days they will probably have either new year's day or new year's eve off work or christmas they might swap it every year so we kind of hyper focus on this one day a lot of the time not to compare holidays here um you know obviously um chinese new year is usually slightly longer and and there are other holidays in china as well And not only is the Spring Festival relatively longer, it's also not that close, but close enough to the New Year's Day, which mm. means that this whole month, or sometimes even longer than that, is vibrant with this festive atmosphere. People started to think about the changing of years. We're embracing and celebrating the New Year's Day first, and then the Spring Festival. And there are a lot of preparation done by people waiting and、um, longing for the celebration of Spring Festival. And this year, a lot of young people are taking the initiative of doing so, because previously some of them would just consider this a really traditional family. Holiday that they would just go back to the family, go back to their parents' house, and just enjoy the food and the snacks and everything prepared by the family members or by, to be honest, their parents. But、mm. now they are becoming、um, the main director of this great scene of this great festival in their family. Actually, according to a survey done by the media platform. Xiaohongshu, over eighty-three percent of respondents aged eighteen to thirty-five. Even though we know thirty-five is not that young, but they choose themselves or their spouse as the primary organizer for the New Year festival, the both the New Year's Day and traditional Chinese New Year. And they are also taking the initiative of, like Yushun has mentioned, preparing for food and preparing for the big meal for the family. So what? Are some trends of their purchasing, let's say, preferences when it comes to preparing for the celebration? Yeah, first of all, I think、um, you know one thing that is reflecting from these, I think, internet-oriented state of mind is that people would like to share what they do and what they want to do on these social media platforms. Like every year of this、uh, spring festival, Chinese people will. I think most of them will prepare a huge feast for the whole family,、mm. and normally it will last for more than one week because you will just <laughs> eat 
you know, leftovers on the second day of the Chinese New Year. But um, I think with a state of mind of being healthier and also they, they would like to eat more diversified food. So they would like to prepare for themselves and um, some recipes that is not very commonly seen in some, you know, regular Chinese New Year dishes. Wait, wait for a second. So they want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. They want it to be tasty. Mm -hmm. They want to they want the dish to be innovative. Right. And also they want it to be as simple as possible. Young people these so. days do want it all, huh? Yeah, so um, I think there is a reason that um, a lot of people are picking the choice of pre-cooked meals because it is fast, <laughs> it is maybe delicious, and it is, um, you know, easy to make. Um, but also some dishes like lemon spicy chicken feet, which is not that very common <laughs> Before is also appeared on the um, recipe of these uh, Chinese New Year dishes. Oh, and also um, Chinese young people are incorporating a lot of um, you know Western dishes into their traditional Spring Festival meals because they would like to have a you know better global fusion mm -hmm. feast <laughs> and intention in that way. Um, I saw personally some of them may serve burgers for their family meals because it is instant and quick and it, it can satisfy basically i think their nutritious demand of uh, getting mo mostly you know gluten or meat vegetable at the same time so that you know i think also you know parents they are getting open-minded with accepting these kind of uh, recipes so yeah that is in innovating that's actually my question our parents and grandparents, other generations, how are they accepting these new trends? Because not only the things that Yushun has already mentioned is mind-blowing to me when it comes to introducing burger to a traditional Chinese New Year's Eve feast. There are other things. For example, some people decide to take their parents to uh, travel to spend the New Year's holiday. That's already something that people can accept. But city right. walk, that would be a little bit, um, I would say, advanced in a way. And some of them would give their parents uh, different types of gifts for sure. Many gifts would focus on health-related products, some health care products, as well as massage machine as such. So all these differences or all these changes in preparing and celebrating the traditional holidays, how are they being taken by other generation groups? Um, it seems like, you know, people from different age groups celebrate the Chinese New Year in instinct ways, I think, right? Um, although, you know, um, a lot of their ways have been blended in different styles, but there are differences still. Those born in, I think, in the 1970s may adhere more to tradition, like watching the Spring Festival Gala and um, buying festive goods um, like pumpkin seeds or uh, sunflower seeds. I think these are kind of um, festive, uh, traditional Chinese New Year goods that every family will buy, especially from these grandparents and parents. Um, Individuals from the 1980s make their own arrangements such as traveling or gathering with friends. They may also spend more money on socializing or gift giving and other festive activities. And for those younger ones who were born in the 1990s or even the 2000s, right? 
As they are gradually enter the workforce, their main activities may gradually shift from, as we said, internet-oriented, internet-centered events like,、uh, you know, getting the digital red packet or、um, collecting these full characters to their own plans and arrangements for the celebration. For example,、um, gathering with their families or gathering with their friends and go traveling. Mm. And another very interesting trend here in China that we've observed is that many young people started to pay more attention or have a keener interest in observing or participating in traditional activities、mm. celebrating the Chinese New Year. And I was wondering, how's the traditional Chinese New Year celebrated in overseas countries? For example, in the UK. Well, I've actually had the pleasure of celebrating Chinese New Year in the UK because when I was at university, I was studying Chinese history. That was one of my disciplines, and I had a lot of classmates who were from China, and they were studying other subjects. But still, I had the opportunity to celebrate with them. And to be honest with you, it was pretty similar to celebrating Chinese New Year in China、mm-hmm. because. We just did the same thing. I mean, the difference was that their family members weren't there, and that's obviously a huge difference because Chinese New Year is often focused around the family. But when it came to food and gathering inside, obviously it's usually cold at that time of year. In the UK, it's also particularly cold.、Um, you know, in late January, early February, sort of time.、Um, whenever Chinese New Year is, it still confuses me. Don't understand the lunar calendar still, <laughs> but. We gathered together, but it was really wonderful and different in some ways because everybody sort of brought their own thing. So everybody brought something to contribute food-wise. There was a lot of dumpling making, and I mean, there was usually some foreigners there. So I guess the dumpling making was also sort of a tutorial sort of scenario because many of us had never done it before. So there was also sort of a lot of teaching going on and a lot of very ugly dumplings. Uh, being made, <laughs> so so I guess there's some difference there as well. But generally speaking, it's still gathering inside round a big table, sitting there for a long time, talking, eating a lot of delicious food,、um, drinking, and you know just laughing and having fun. So I, I guess. Slight differences, but a lot of similarities in my experience, anyway. And I also noticed that a lot of people are saying that maybe sometimes. Foreign peoples may celebrate Chinese New Year in a more traditional way、mm. because Chinese people like to introduce them the most authentic and the most traditional ways of celebrating Spring Festival. Um, so you know, like these eating dumplings and also writing the full character or um gather together for maybe playing firecrackers.、Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes. Um, so these traditions are quite interesting. Of course, for a period of time, young Chinese people are thinking that okay, we've been doing this for like ten years,、so、and so old and so not yeah, cool. And、uh, we are not kids anymore. We're not going to do that. But <laughs> I think probably because they haven't done that for quite a long time, and they、uh, circle of fashion it, or、yeah. circle of tradition is coming, and then they. Yeah, they find it interesting again, and、uh, started doing that again.、Mm. And actually, we see that according to the previous survey we mentioned, the sixty percent of consumers focus on enhancing the ceremonial aspect of the new year, while fifty percent look forward to participating in the. 
year of dragon folk activities like、mm. dragon lantern festivals, and、uh, among the major topic keywords, hashtag folk costumes reached two hundred and seventy. Thousand searches up one hundred and eighty percent year on year, and revival the old tradition had two point four million searches up around sixty percent. So yes, a lot of young Chinese have shown a renewed interest in deeply engaging with Chinese cultural、um, tradition and beauty and all these experiences.、Mm. And I was wondering, because of all these changes and shifts in preferences in celebrating. The festival. I was wondering, actually, to both of you, do you think if we see all these changes, do we need to make an effort in preserving or in protecting the age-old tradition in a way to protect our cultural roots? I think so. Of course,、um, that is also one of the most fascinating parts of a culture. I think you know when keeping these customs and traditions, they can remind. People of these,、um, you know, old times, and also I think it is not bad that we are also engaging technology into these、um, traditional cultures. For example, you know, we write full characters on these red paper, right? And、um, now in modern days, we collect these digital full characters on our smartphones.、Um, this spirit behind this tradition is to、um, welcome prosperity and auspiciousness. Into the new year, and on the surface, it looks like that people are collecting these characters. They exchange them for red packets, but it's still under the theme of the tradition of, you know, spreading good wishes and blessings for a prosperous and joyful year ahead. So it is a delightful way to blend tradition with a touch of creativity and modern celebration. So yeah, why not? Well, I think that. It is important. I think that it's also important to move forward and you know be flexible with this and not be too picky with it.、Um, but I, I know that when I grew up celebrating Christmas in England, I went to quite a religious school when I was younger. So Christmas was pretty religious around that time, and I don't do that anymore, and I don't really feel a need to either.、Um, but I must say that. I am happy that I had that experience because what it gave me was an appreciation and I guess firsthand experience and knowledge about those traditions. And so I think that there's definitely something to be said there. The symbolism and meaning of a lot of these traditions, if they are practiced and maintained to some degree and appreciated, then I think that we can have a greater appreciation of society as a whole. Right. So in that sense, I think that there's. Definitely a way to connect with one's identity and heritage. Yes, and we're all product of our own time. We all have cherished memories, favorite traditions, and those things may change through time. Yet it is. Here on Roundtable, we discuss all these changes, all these trends, and see how this transition impacts the cultural and social fabric of the society. That's fun, and we'll see how it goes in the future. And you're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, Roundtable's Happy Place. Delivery, delivery, delivery. What is it? Happiness from Roundtable. 
It's time for our cherished segment on Roundtable, the happy place. In this part, we'll each share a little something that brought joy into our lives this week. So let's get started. What is your happy place for this week, Yushun? My happy place this week is a book I have been reading recently. Um, this book is called Good Mood Exercise Manual. It is a translated version from a Japanese、uh, book, and it is written by a renowned Japanese psychiatrist named Masaki Nishida. So, in this book, the author addresses matters such as how not to be influenced by emotions and correctly dealing with negative emotions. This author presents twenty-eight suggestions to help readers alleviate and release their stress. So, the reason that I like this book is that I it accurately hits upon my inner thoughts when oh, I was reading、really? it. Yes, <laughs> making it seem like it suddenly expresses my innermost feelings, and、um, the author is able to offer some suggestions regarding these thoughts. For example, when you feel that. You're overthinking. So his suggestion is to write down your dissatisfaction on paper and then examine from a third-party perspective whether you are truly overthinking. Well, it's so hard to you know fully master your emotions, but through practice,、uh, we can minimize the influence of you know negative emotions and alleviate their consequences. I think. So after all, regardless of whether our mood is good or bad. Our life just goes on, right?、Uh, instead of getting trapped in these emotions and ruining our lives, it's better to reduce their impact and shake off these unhappiness and carry on without taking any negativity with us. So, if you think your mindset or your life or even your physical body were frequently influenced by your emotions, because that happens actually, or I recommend you to read this book. Maybe you can get some insights from. This author, or from this book, that is a really good recommendation. Actually, I had that feeling of you know the mind or the ideas clicks when I was、mm. reading、uh, the courage to be disliked. I recommended this book before. Oh, really?、Yeah. See, that's the thing.、Uh, sometimes a book would cure your insecurity in deep. Down in your heart, and、mm. it just describes the situation so accurately.、Mm. And when you're reading it, even though it's for the purpose of, let's say,、uh, enlightening you or soothing you or anything, but you actually feel happy,、mm. feel understood. And、um, I think that is a really good recommendation. So, what's the name of the book? In Chinese, it, the name is "Good Mood Exercise Manual."、Mm-hmm. Uh, so the translation will be "Good Mood Exercise Manual." Ah, all right. So Josh, what is your happy place this week? Well, this week has been a very happy week for football fans or anybody that is a fan of this sport. I, I guess、uh, you don't have to be even a big fan to have appreciated it. But actually, Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas and the week after it. Is the most significant week、uh, mm. for football in England, and you guys maybe know that I'm a big football fan. It's a massive part of my life, and on Boxing Day, basically every team plays. Every professional team will play, so it's the biggest day for football. And it's really beautiful in my hometown. Although I wasn't there this year,、um, it's wonderful because we have some really great traditions that are really inclusive for everybody. And I got to see videos and pictures of this. And one example I can give you is that in my hometown of Scarborough, we have a semi-professional football team, 
uh, which plays on Boxing Day. But aside from this, we have a really interesting tradition, which is early in the morning on the beach, the fishermen and the policemen have a game of football on the beach, all dressed up as Father Christmas. <laughs> and wow. everybody, the whole town goes down to the beach to watch them play football. And they are allowed to foul each other, basically. Ooh. So there, it's basically like no rules. It's pretty crazy, but it's so entertaining. And I hope that this tradition keeps going as long as nobody gets injured. But it's usually uh, pretty safe. Um, although not always, to be honest. And then after that, everybody moves slightly down the beach to watch a raft race. And this is where different teams build their own little boat and they have to race it around the harbor. And it's just a beautiful tradition. And, um, you know, football is sort of the heart of it. And I, I think that, you know, we were speaking about traditions earlier, ones that are important. And for me, I think these ones are something that are very important to me. Mm -hmm. So I hope that we can keep going with this. So lots of happiness to do with football for me this this week. Wow, that sounds like so much fun, and I hope I was there. And for me, this week, what made me happy was actually a lunch date with my dearest friend who I've known for over two decades. Wow. Yeah, we've known each other and uh, we've been for each other for all the major important moments of our lives yet because she now lives in Guangzhou mm. instead of here in Beijing. We, we all know the distance separating us has resulted to the fact that we only speak to each other several times a year because we're all very, very busy with our lives and stuff. Yet this week, we reunited and uh, sitting across from her, I was... I was just reminded of the beauty of friendship, of how amazing some simple moments in life would bring so much joy to your mundane daily lives. And that these moments might be really unproductive or not practical or sometimes, quote unquote, not that useful, yet they're actually very useful to nurturing your soul. And we also went to Dongjiao Minxiang, the Dongjiao Min Lane, located in central Beijing. It is steeped in history and is known for its remarkable architectures. We appreciated many of the legacy buildings in this lane. And for example, there is the St. Michael's Church. It is a two-floor structure built in 1901. And outside of that building, actually, I saw a couple taking their wedding picture. Wow. And the bride in this really, really cold day in Beijing wore this dress with her arms and shoulders out, wow. but the joy, the happy smile on her face shows that she's genuinely excited and enjoying these moments and being able to witness all this reminded me of how essential it is to pause in our bustling lives a little bit to savor these connections that nourish our souls. Mm. That is why I like to say to our dear listeners out there, um, before 2023 slips away, take a moment to reignite old friendships, to explore the unnoticed corners of your own city. Allow yourself the luxury of these seemingly small indulgences. These moments are like the stars in the night sky of our existence. 
each one shining brightly, bringing unexpected joy and a deeper sense of connection to our world. Remember, it's in these unguarded, authentic moments that the true beauty of life is found. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thanks, Yushen and Josh. It's been a pleasure having you at our table, not only today but the entire year of 2023. Until next time, also next year, keep the conversations going and the ideas flowing. I'm Niu Honglin. Bye.